The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams starring Peter Jones as the book. There is a theory which states that if ever anyone discovers exactly what the universe is for and why it is here, it will instantly disappear and be replaced by something even more bizarrely inexplicable. There is another theory which states that this has already happened. There is yet a third theory which suggests that both of the first two theories were concocted by a wily editor of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in order to increase the level of universal uncertainty and paranoia and so boost the sales of the guide. This last theory is, of course, the most convincing because the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is the only book in the whole of the known universe to have the words, Don't Panic, inscribed in large, friendly letters on the cover. Ursa Minor is almost certainly the most appalling place in the universe. Though it is excruciatingly rich, horrifyingly sunny, and more full of wonderfully exciting people than a pomegranate is of pips, it can hardly be insignificant that when a recent edition of the magazine Play Being headlined an article with the words, When you are tired of Ursa Minor, you are tired of life, the suicide rate in the constellation quadrupled overnight. Play Being, a curious journal devoted in roughly equal parts to galactic politics, rock music and gynaecology, has much to answer for in this respect. The current edition carries the results of an opinion poll in which the central offices of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy have been voted the third hippest place in the whole of Ursa Minor. According to this same poll, the second hippest place in the whole of Ursa Minor is the entrance lobby to the same offices. This is what it sounds like. Hey, hi, man. Hi, man. How's, How's it going, go, man? Oh, great, man. Uh, stay cool. Yeah. Hello? Yes? Megadodo Publications, home of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the most wholly remarkable book in the whole of the known universe. Can I help you? What? Yes, yeah, I passed your message on to Mr. Zani Whoop, but I'm afraid he's too cool to see you right now. He's on an intergalactic cruise. Yeah, yeah, he is in his office, but he's on an intergalactic cruise. And according to this same poll in Play Being, the hippest place in the whole galaxy is the left cranium of the fugitive galactic president, Zephard Beeblebrox. <laughs> Just entering the air traffic space of Ursa Minor Beta is an enormous Acturan megafreighter carrying a larger number of copies of Play Being than the mind can comfortably conceive. Ursa Minor Beta Air Traffic Control, this is AMF 3 requesting homing beacon for Planetfall. Come in control. Ursa Minor Beta ADC receiving you. Beacon activated. Automatic docking will proceed in two hours. I acknowledge. Thank you, ATC. Oh, makes you sick, doesn't it, Captain? What? Look at the busy screen. See that big white city there? The whole blooming thing is just hitchhikers' offices. Palm trees and so many swimming pools, you need a bloody gondola to get about. Well, that's success for you, isn't it? Is it? Is it? Well, I ask myself, all gone soft, haven't they? Hitchhiking, what do they know about it? 
Get one of that lot to stick out their thumb, it would probably fall off. I mean, it's all just fat cat business. What's the name of that bloke who runs it now? Uh, Max or Cat. Well, you know what they say, don't you? They had to move to a bigger planet because he gets so fat he kept sliding off the old one. I mean, I've heard, you know, I've heard they've created a whole electronically synthesized universe in one of their offices so they can go and research stories during the day and still go to parties in the evening. Yeah, bloody clever, of course, but it's got nothing to do with the real galaxy, is it? Nothing to do with life. Talk a lot, didn't you? Yeah, well, there's not much else to do in these ships, is there? Great automated monsters. I've had three buttons to press in the past 500 light years, and that was just to put the coffee machine onto manual. Docking one hour, 54 minutes. Peter and out. Actually, I just picked up a hitchhiker. You what? Odd block. He was in a bad way. He was hitching the hard way, see? So I said to myself... Docking in one hour, 52 minutes. Kevin and out. Well, look, who is he? I don't know. Didn't give his name, and he'd wrapped his heads in a towel, so I... Heads? Yes, just the two. I put them in the sleeping quarters to recover. I've recovered. Who the hell are you? Don't ask. But the... Turn the radio on. What? Now, look Turn the radio on. Look, if it'll help you to do what I tell you, baby, imagine that I've got a blast array in my hand. But, uh, you have got a blast array in your hand. So you shouldn't have to tax your imagination too hard. Turn it on. And news reports brought to you here on the Sub-Ether Wave Band, broadcasting around the galaxy, around the clock, bringing light and enlightenment to all non-evolved life forms, saying a big hello to all semi-evolved life forms, and causing severe brain damage to anyone higher up the evolutionary ladder than it meant it be. But first, the up-to-the-minute shock news. Reports have just reached us that Zaphard Bebobrox, the only man in history to terminate his term as galactic president by stealing a spaceship he was meant to be launching, has finally met his end. Yes, the big Z is now finally big D-E-A-D. We asked his private brain care specialist, Gag Halfrunt, if this was just a publicity stunt. Well, Zephod's just this guy, you know. But what about these reports which say that Zephod Bebobrox has been eaten by Hagenenon? Well, he's an impetuous fellow, you know. And is now seriously dead? Who can say? Hagenenons are, are they not, uh, super evolutionary life forms? That is to say, they can re-evolve into any shape in a matter of seconds. They are crazy mixed-up animals, you know. And it was while this Hagenenon had temporarily evolved into the form of the ravenous bug-bladder beast of trial that he ate Zephod Bebelbrox. Well, this is what we find. So it would be true to say that Zephod Bebelbrox is finally dead. True, but probably unimportant. And why is that? Well, Zephod's just this guy, you know. And now some news from some of the outlying regions. Of the galaxy, a report out today from the Western Spiral Arm says that the wheel is commercially unviable. Economic experts. Look, uh, sorry I had to wave this blaster at you, but as you just heard, I've had a bad day. What? You mean that's you? Yeah. You do lead an interesting life, don't you, Mr. Beeblebrox? It is, of course, perfectly natural to assume that everyone else is having a far more exciting time than you. Human beings, for instance, have a phrase which describes this phenomenon. The other man's grass is always greener. The Sheltonek race of Brupkidron 13 had a similar phrase, but since their planet is somewhat eccentric, botanically speaking, the best they could manage was, the other Sheltonek's dupleberry shrub is always a more mauve shade of pinky russet. And so the expression soon fell into disuse, and the Sheltonaks had little option but to become terribly happy and contented with their lot, much to the surprise of everyone else in the galaxy, who had not realised that the best way not to be unhappy is not to have a word for it. Arthur Dent is, of course, terribly unhappy. 
As is now well recorded, he and Ford Prefect escaped from the planet Earth on the day that it was unexpectedly demolished to make way for a new hyperspace bypass. Bypasses are devices which allow some people to dash from point A to point B very fast, whilst other people dash from point B to point A very fast. People living at sea, being a point directly in between, are often given to wonder what's so great about point A that so many people from point B are so keen to get there. And what's so great about point B that so many people from point A are so keen to get there? They often wish that people would just once and for all work out where the hell they want to be. Arthur Dent and Ford Prefect know exactly where they don't want to be. They don't want to be stranded on prehistoric Earth with a load of unwanted telephone sanitizers and advertising executives who have been thrown off their home planet of Golga Frinsham, a world which has subsequently been wiped out by a particularly virulent disease contracted from an unexpectedly dirty telephone. Unfortunately, that is precisely where they are. But fortunately, they have found a way of coping with their predicament. They are drunk. Dingo's kidneys. There must be some way of getting off this planet other than getting high. You've been saying that for two years. Well, have I? Well, it must be true, then. You've got all that electric hitchhiking equipment in your satchel, and none of it seems to do a dicky bird. We're just too far from the space lanes. The range is limited. Wait. I've got it. What, an answer? Why, it's a lateral thinking problem, isn't it? Hmm? We just have to sidle up to the problem sideways when it's not looking and pounce. Well? I just knocked the bottle of wine over. Have you got an answer? No, but I've got a different name for the problem. Oh, let's have a drink. Here's another bottle. It's all right. No, no, look, every time we get to this point, we just have another drink till we're totally slamied, and then next day start all over with... What's the matter? Arthur, look. What are you looking at? It's only a bloody spaceship, isn't it? It's only hovering in the air a hundred yards from us. It looks very unreal, doesn't it? Mm. Sort of ghostly. We've been rescued! (laughs) (laughs) Come on, let's celebrate. Pass that bottle. Right, here. Where did it go? What, the bottle? No, the spaceship. What? It's gone. The bloody thing's gone. Where did it go? It just sort of winked out of existence. Vanished. Here. What? Take the bottle, I can't face it. Ford? Yeah? It's there again. So it is. Well, what's going on? It just came again. Pop. It comes and goes like magic. I'll tell you our trouble, mate. We're too sober by half. Come on, I will have that drink. I think I just... Christ, come again. What is it? Some kind of deputation from Galactic Alcoholics Anonymous? What do you mean by that? Well, haven't you noticed? Every time I put down the bottle, it appears. And every time I pick it up again, it disappears. Look, look, I put it down... There it is. It's back again. I pick it up and poof. It's gone. Here? Gone. Here? Gone. See? It works. But that's mad. Well, mad it may be, mate, but I'll tell you one thing. I'm not touching another drop of your filthy elderflower stuff till we're safely out of this solar system. That's it. I've got it. It's an intelligence test. Yes. No. 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 No, it isn't. It isn't at all. Because because that suggests someone's doing it deliberately, and that's not it. No, no, no. There's a time paradox going on. Mm -hmm. We're caught at the crossroads of two alternative futures. You Uh, see? No. 
No, I thought you wouldn't. Listen, the ship first appeared when I said, you know, let's actually sit down and work out this problem of getting off this planet, right? Yes. And then every time we reached for the bottle instead, or just expected the problem to solve itself, the ship disappeared. Right. So, in one of the alternative futures, we work out a way of signalling to a ship, which then returns through time to pick us up. And in the other alternative, we just get drunk and ignore the problem, so no solution, no ship. I wonder what Rooster would do. Who's Rooster? Mate of mine. Another researcher on the guide. Great little thinker, Rooster. Great hitcher. He's a guy who really knows where his towel is. Knows what? Where his towel is. Why should you want to know where his towel is? Everybody should know where his towel is. I think your head's come undone. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy has this to say on the subject of towels. A towel, it says, is about the most massively useful thing any interstellar hitchhiker can carry. For one thing, it has great practical value. You can wrap it around you for warmth on the cold moons of Jaglan Beta, sunbathe on it on the marble beaches of Santraginus V, huddle beneath it for protection from the Acturan Meganats as you sleep beneath the stars of Kakrafoon, use it to sail a mini-raft down the slow, heavy river Moth, Wet it for use in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Wrap it round your head to avoid the gaze of the ravenous bug-bladder beast of Trow, which is such a mind-bogglingly stupid animal, it assumes that if you can't see it, it can't see you. And even dry yourself off with it if it still seems clean enough. Those were the really great days of hitchhiking, of course. A man and his towel pitted against the universe. I mean, that lot down there in them offices, I wouldn't give you an old face flannel for the lot of them. No disrespect to you, of course, Mr. Beeblebrox. Mr. President, sir, you're a different... Talk a lot, don't you? How soon till we dock at Ursa Minor, Peter? Uh, 30 minutes. Okay. Now, I can't risk being found in this freighter. I'd better go down on one of your EVA pods. Should slip under the radar screens, okay? Thanks for the ride, guys. But, say, why are you going to Ursa Minor Beta if you want to stay hidden? I just wanted to find out what I'm doing. What? Well, last night, after I escaped from the Hagunana... Oh, yeah, how did shh, you... Shh, shh, shh. I went, like, into a, a deep coma and got this message from a person I admire, respect, and deeply love. Who was that, then? Me. What? A message from yourself? Yeah, it was a message I'd implanted in my own mind 20 years ago, which was triggered off by the coma. And it just told me that the time had come, and I had to go and see this dude I'd never heard of who would tell me something to my disadvantage. Disadvantage? Yeah, so I had to go, didn't I? Why don't you tie a knot in your hanky like anyone else? Style, friend, style. Now, come on, i got to go. No, but can I just ask you... Yeah, what is it? That had you nin on the H-tube... How did you escape? <laughs> oh, no problem. It was a super-evolving species, right? Yes. It ate me whilst it was playing at being the ravenous bug-bladder beast of Trow. And then, like seconds later, made the mistake of re-evolving into a really neat little escape capsule. It evolved into an escape capsule? Yeah. But that is really incredible. Yeah. I can't help it if I'm lucky. <laughs> Several hours later, five billion tons of Playbeing magazine were unloaded on Ursa Minor Beta, causing a slight but largely irrelevant shift in its orbital trajectory. A few hours later still, Zephod Beeblebrox, the owner of what Playbeing readers had deemed the hippest place in the universe, 
walked into the entrance lobby of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, deemed merely the second hippest place in Ursa Minor. Zephod Beeblebrox does not like Ursa Minor either. Okay, where's Zani Whoop? Get me Zani Whoop. Excuse me, sir. Zani Whoop, get him, right? Get him now. Well, sir, if you could be a little cool about it. Look, I... I'm up to here with cool, okay? I am so amazingly cool. You could keep a sight of meeting me for a month. I am so hip, I have difficulty seeing over my pelvis. Now, will you move before I blow it? Well, if you'd let me explain, sir. I'm afraid that isn't possible right now, as Mr. Zani Whoop is on an intergalactic cruise. When's he going to be back? Back, sir. He's in his office. This cat's on an intergalactic cruise in his office? Yes, sir. Listen, Three Eyes, don't you try to outweird me. I get stranger things than you free with my breakfast cereal. Well, just who do you think you are, honey? Zaphod Beeblebrox or something? Yeah, count the heads. Well, I'm sorry, sir, but... What did you say? Oh, photons. You are Zaphod Beeblebrox? Yeah, but don't shout or they'll all want one. The Zaphod Beeblebrox? No, just a Zaphod Beeblebrox. Didn't you hear? I come in six packs. But, sir, I don't know. It was on the sub-ether radio this morning. It said you were dead. Yeah, that's right. I just haven't stopped moving yet. Now, where do I find Zani Whoop? Well, sir, his office is on the fifth floor. But, but he's, he's on, on an intergalactic cruise. Yeah, yeah. How do I get to him? Well, the newly installed Sirius Cybernetics elevators are in the far corner, sir. Sirius Cybernetics? Oh, Zarquan, haven't they collapsed yet? Sir, um, can I ask why you want to see Mr. Zani Whoop? Yeah, I told myself I needed to. Come again, sir. I came to myself in a dream and said, go see Zani Whoop. Never heard of the cat before, but I seemed very insistent. Oh, Mr. Beeblebrock, sir, you're so weird you should be in pictures. Yeah, baby, and you should be in real life. It will take Zephard Beeblebrox at least 30 seconds to cross the entrance lobby of the hitchhiker offices, and at least another three minutes will then elapse before the offices are finally bombed to bits. It would therefore seem an appropriate moment to recount that Trillian also effected a fortuitous escape from the Hagunennons, only to be carried off and forcibly married to the president of the Algolian chapter of the Galactic Rotary Club whilst Marvin, the paranoid android, has survived a remarkable and unwieldy series of adventures which he has never been able satisfactorily to explain and has now, by the most amazing coincidence, arrived exactly here. Excuse me. Uh, yes, sir. Can I help you? I doubt it. Oh, well, in that case, if you'll just no excuse me. No one can help me. Yes, sir. Well, Not I... that anyone's ever tried, of course. Is that so? Hardly worth anyone's while, really, is it? I'm sorry, sir, but if you have... percentage in being kind or helpful to a robot if it doesn't have any gratitude circuit? And you don't have any. I've never had occasion to find out. Listen to me, you miserable heap of maladjusted metal. Are you going to ask me what I want? Is it worth it? Is anything. What do you want? I'm looking for someone. Who? Zephod Beeblebrox. He's just walking over there. Ah, then why did you ask me? I just wanted someone to talk to. What? Oh. <laughs> Pathetic, isn't it? <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, Marvin! How did you get here? Don't ask. But hey, you crazy psychotic cybernaut, how are you, kid? I'm all right if you happen to like that sort of thing, which personally I don't. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Hello, Lyft. I am to be your elevator for this trip to the floor of your choice. I have been designed by the Sirius Cybernetics Corporation to take you, the visitor to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, into these, their offices. If you enjoy your ride, which will be swift and pleasurable, 
then you may care to experience some of the other elevators which have recently been installed in the offices of the Galactic Tax Department, Boobaloo Baby Foods, and the Syrian State Mental Hospital, where many ex-Syrious Cybernetics Corporation executives will be delighted to welcome your visits, sympathy, and happy tales of life out in the big wide world. Yeah, what else do you do besides talk? I go up or down. Good, we're going up. Or down. Yeah. Okay, up, please. Down's very nice. Oh, yeah? Super. Good. Now, will you take us up? May I ask if you've considered all the possibilities that down might offer you? Like what? Well, uh, there's the basement, uh, the microfiles, the heating system. Nothing particularly exciting, I'll admit, but they are alternative possibilities. Oh, Zarquan's knees. Did I ask for an existential elevator? What's the matter with the thing? It doesn't want to go up. I think it's afraid. Of what? Heights? An elevator that's afraid of heights? Of the future. The future? What does it want, a pension scheme? All serious cybernetics elevators can see into the future. It's part of our programming. Going down. Marvin, just get this elevator to go up, will you? We've got to get to Zani Whoop. Why? I don't know, but when I find him, he'd better have one hell of a good reason for me wanting to see him. It should be explained at this point that modern elevators are strange and complex entities. The ancient electric winch and maximum capacity eight persons jobs bear as much relation to a serious cybernetics corporation happy vertical people transporter as a packet of peanuts does to the entire west wing of the Syrian state mental hospital. This is because they operate on the unlikely principle of defocused temporal perception. A curious system which enables the elevator to be on the right floor to pick you up even before you knew you wanted it, thus eliminating all the tedious chatting, relaxing and making friends that people were previously forced to do whilst waiting for elevators. Not unnaturally, many lifts imbued with intelligence and precognition became terribly frustrated with the mindless business of going up or down, experimented briefly with the notion of going sideways as a sort of existential protest, demanded participation in the decision-making process, and finally took to sulking in basements. At this point, a man called Gogrilla Mincefriend rediscovered and patented a device he had seen in a history book called a staircase. It has been calculated that his most recent tax bill paid for the social security of 5,000 redundant serious cybernetics workers, the hospitalization of 100 serious cybernetics executives, and the psychiatric treatment of over 17,500 neurotic lifts. Fifth floor, and remember, I'm only doing this because I like your robot. Thanks, a bundle. Hey, what's that noise? I expect it's the future that I was so worried about, and it's about to get worse. So if you don't mind, I'm going straight back down. Bye now. Left in the lurch by a lift. Hey, you know something, Marvin? More than you can possibly imagine. I'm dead certain this building shouldn't be shaking. Either they've got some vibro system for toning up your muscles while you work, or the building's being bombed. Who in the galaxy would want to bomb a publishing company? Another publishing company? No, Beeblebrox over here. Who are you? A friend. Oh, yeah? Anyone's friend in particular or just generally well-disposed to people? Did you know your building's being bombed? What do you expect? 
Ever since you arrived on this planet last night, you've been going round telling people that you're safe at Beeblebrooks, but they're not to tell anyone else. Well, I'm very insecure. So's this planet now. What is that? A whole battle fleet out there. It's your government out to get you, Beeblebrooks. They've sent a squadron of Frogstar fighters. Frogstar fighters? Zarkron. You see the picture? What are Frogstar fighters? Get down! That was a Frogstar fighter? No, that was a Frogstar scout robot out looking for you. Yeah? Hey, what was that? That was a Frogstar scout robot Class B out looking for you. Hey, yeah. And that? A Frogstar robot Class C out looking for you. Pretty stupid robots, huh? <laughs> yeah. Holy Frogstar, what was that? A Frogstar robot Class D. I should imagine it's just picked up the reports from the first three and has come to get you. Well, we've got to get out of here. Marvin? What, what do you want? See that robot coming towards us? I suppose you want me to stop it. Yeah. Once you save your skins. Yeah. Down this way. Zarniwoop's office. Is this the time to keep an appointment? It's our only hope of escape. He's got a whole different universe in his office. Marvin, it's all yours. Thanks, Heap. Out of my way, little robot. I'm afraid I've been left here to stop you. You? Stop me? Go on. No, really, I have. What are you armed with? Guess. Guess? Yes, go on, you'll never guess. Um... Laser beam? No. No, 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 no. Too obvious, I suppose. Um... Um... How about an electron ram? What's that? One of these. No, not one of those. Good though, isn't it? Very good. Oh, I know, I know. It must be... I want to see with twirls, you know, whoosh. Um... No, you're thinking along the wrong lines, you know. You're failing to take into account something very basic in the relationship between men and robots. Oh, 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 I know, I know, I've, I've seen them. Uh, they're oh, quite big. Um, no, no, uh, no, just think. They left me an ordinary menial robot to stop you, a gigantic heavy-duty battle machine, whilst they ran off to save themselves. What do you think they would leave me with? Well, something pretty damn devastating, I would expect. Expect? Oh, yes, expect. I'll tell you what they gave me to protect myself with, shall I? That's all right. Nothing. What? Nothing at all. Not an electronic sausage. Whoa. Doesn't that just take the biscuit? And me with this terrible pain in all the diodes down my left side. Yeah? Oh, that makes me angry. Think I'll smash that wall down. That's very impressive. Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. I can take this floor out too. No trouble. Oh dear. What a depressingly stupid machine. The building's on fire. You certainly make an entrance, don't you, Beeblebrox? Well, it's a terrible building anyway. Don't panic. How do we get to this universe, then? 
I'm afraid it looks like we just... Hey, hey, what? The building's cracking down the middle. Yes, that's not all. Look down at the ground. Hey, the ground's going away. Where are they taking it? They're not. They're taking the building. We're airborne. Look, what have I done to deserve this? I walk into a building, they take it away. Let me introduce myself. My name's Rooster, and this is my towel. Hi, Rooster. Hello, towel. Where are they taking us? The Frog Star. Who is the mysterious Rooster? Who is the even more mysterious Zani Whoop? And why hasn't he even appeared yet? What will Zephod's bewildering mission turn out to be? Will it be something he finds stimulating and challenging? Or will it just be a monster wanting to take over the universe for no very good reason? How long will Ford and Arthur have to stay on the wagon? And when will they be reunited with everyone else in the story? Tune into the next exasperating series of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and find out. In that episode of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Peter Jones was the book. Simon Jones, Arthur Dent, Jeffrey McGiven, Ford Prefect and Frogstar Robot, Stephen Moore, Marvin, Mark Wing Davy, Zaphod Beeblebrox, Bill Patterson, Assistant Arcturan Pilot, David Tate, the Captain, the Receptionist and the Lift, and Alan Ford, Rooster. Radiophonic sound and music by Paddy Kingsland, and further technical jiggery-pokery by John Whitehall and Alec Hale Munro. The programme was written by Douglas Adams and produced by Geoffrey Perkins. The magazine, Playbeing, can be obtained over the counter from any moderately disreputable galactic newsagent. agent.